You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we have such an exciting episode for you all. This has been a long time in the making from the very early days of Laura and I dreaming of our podcast. This next guest has been at the top of our list. Laura, do you want to share who we have on today? Yes, Lindsay, we've never done anything like this before, and I think it's going to be the beginning of maybe a new series for us, but our first ever mom guest on the podcast is here with us today, and that is my mom, Robin Treader. Welcome, mom. Thank you. I'm just so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you, and I think like you, you know, we were talking before we got started recording and Lindsay very astutely mentioned that you've kind of been um, a very like prominent supporting character in this podcast (laughs) from the beginning, because as has Lindsay's mom, because we've always talked about, you know, how moms do play an important role in exposing you to the world of American Girl and also engaging with you in that sort of storytelling from a female perspective. So Mm -hmm. I think this is definitely um, an important thing for us to touch on and have the moms speak up and give their perspective on American Girl. Well, great. I'm so looking forward to it. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely. And I'm, I'm so interested, especially like connecting with you and our next episode features my mother. And it's like so many of my memories from, you know, age six to 10 are probably a little bit foggy, you know, like I might not have remembered everything clearly. So I'm so excited to hear from your perspective, like all of the ins and outs and all the details and just kind of hear every story that Laura has shared from your perspective. So we absolutely cannot wait to have you on today. And yeah, Laura, do you want to start us off? I would love to. So before we get into the American Girl focused questions, we'd love to talk a little bit more about what you were like growing up. So if you could, you know, give us a few maybe anecdotal stories or just describe yourself and how you were as a kid. Okay. So as a kid, I um, was the daughter of two teachers. Um, I have, it's an all girls family. There are three of us sisters. So I'm the oldest. And then I have two younger sisters. Um, I was a girly girl and really all three of us were, we were, my father used to joke that, um, there was a period of time. He loved being the father of three daughters because he was mighty spoiled. But um, there was a period there during the teenage years where he, A, couldn't get a word in edgewise and B, could never get into a bathroom. That was just, we were. <laughs> I was, a, like I said, a girly girl, definitely loved dolls, loved playing with my little girlfriends. And um, I, I think I was also sort of, maybe because I was the oldest, I was a goody two shoes. And <laughs> I definitely was, I remember going to kindergarten, kindergarten and having, you know, for the first time exposure to kids who <laughs> I, I felt, I used to come home and say to my mother, they're not playing with the toys, right? Like they're not, you know, there would be a, there would be a dollhouse or something like that. And they weren't, I felt like they weren't putting things back right. They were taking like the people from the little, little people house and putting them into the dollhouse where they didn't belong. You know, that just threw me for a loop. So I liked when you put away, it was a kindergarten run by nuns, by the way. So you can imagine that the rules were many. And one of the rules was that you, when you were playing with a game, you put the cover from the game underneath the box. You always knew where the cover was. 
And I'm afraid there were kids who weren't following that rule. And I was a real stickler for it. So (laughs) that is funny. What was the age difference between you and your sisters? Um, I was, uh, let's see, I am four years older than my almost five, four and a half years older than my youngest sister and three years older than the middle sister. Were they, were they similar in personality to you or were there some big differences there? They were very different in personality from each other. Let's put it okay. that way. And <laughs> That's the, the understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both, you know, just really great, talented people. I think because they were so close in age, they were born 18 months apart. There was a lot of, um, you know, squabbling when they were little. Yeah. And because I was older, I was sort of not in the mix of that. So sometimes <laughs> I do some um, diplomacy, have to use some diplomacy between those two. Oh my goodness. Fair enough. I, um, I think that um, Lindsay and I have both expressed this before, but we've definitely, because obviously we both come from families where we have brothers. I have one brother, your other child, Tommy, <laughs> and Lindsay, Lindsay has two brothers. She's in the middle. And we, I always fantasized about what it would be like to have sisters for sure that, you know, could be on your level and that level of like girly girlness and want to play in that way. So I just think that that would be like so fun to have growing up. And it, it does seem like from what I know about your childhood that you guys had a very special, almost like, even like almost like your own language of engaging with each other that I think is just like really hard for people to like really get a a handle on if like you haven't experienced it. It's very special and very Mm -hmm. unique. Well, I would say that my two sisters are, I can't imagine life without them. I mean, they are my two best friends in the world and we have so many shared memories together. I mean, there's, we just laugh like anything when we're together and um, it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I would say you guys also all have like really like beautiful, imaginations and uh that's also something that like Lindsay and I have talked about we always say like Lindsay and I would definitely be friends if we grew up together because Mm -hmm. we both like thrived on like very imaginative playing and really like thinking outside the box and being really creative in in the way that we wanted to play with other kids and other Mm -hmm. kids can't always get on that level no they're not they're not always (laughs) interested in that I agree and I, I felt like I always had, my sisters were on that level. So we would, you know, we could do little plays. We could, you know, we would often in our neighborhood try and engage the neighborhood kids and, you know, talk them into performing in one of our little extravaganzas with costumes and whatever. So, Oh my goodness. That is so fun. It was. The more that we talk about, like with our guests doing plays and um, imagine if, you know, scenarios on this podcast, the more I want to do that now, I'm like, imagine just putting on a play, like, (laughs) right. Right. Why did that have to stop? (laughs) Honestly, honestly, I mean, I, Lindsay has, um, had a great like collection of like diary entries and even like, um, AOL instant messenger conversations from (laughs) when she was younger that she's kept. And every time I like read through them, I'm like, we should do a dramatic reading of these as adults. Seriously. (laughs) My friends and I created like a 15 page screenplay called lover boy. Um, that was loosely based on reality of like a friend getting a boyfriend and kind of Mm -hmm. ditching her friend group. And it's very dramatic. Wow. And like, my dream is to put this on and like, every it's like very dated like Mm -hmm. it'll have like music cues in it that were like very early 2000s but I think that makes it even better all the better absolutely (laughs) if you can cap that just helps capture the essence of those high drama years you know (laughs) really honestly and I don't think we ever even like performed it ourselves like we took a lot of joy in writing it but I don't think we performed it in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's still out there. It's still yet to um, be cast. We need right. to, yet to be discovered. On, yeah. Right. 
<laughs> if any if any producers are listening to this podcast, right. uh, oh, I'm sure there are many. Sure there are many. <laughs> Lindsay's, yeah, Lindsay's screenplay needs a home, <laughs> right? Honestly, I feel like we could at least make like a good like TikTok series about yes. this. That oh, would be pretty God. compelling. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Lindsay, you know what, I, Mom? I don't know if you know this, but you would love this. There is a girl on TikTok who does these little. Um, skits with calico critters. Oh, I am a huge <laughs> fan of calico critters. And Love they're, them. they're so funny. And Lindsay, I feel like you could easily adapt uh, your screenplay because you know how they're always really dramatic. You could easily oh, my goodness. adapt to the screenplay to a calico critter skit for that girl's TikTok. Wait a second. This is incredible. And if Ashley, my friend, is listening to this, whose daughter is like starting to get into calico critters. We need to do this. She, <laughs> she was uh, a, an originator of Lover Boy Play, too. So, <laughs> wait, this is incredible, Laura. I feel like you just unlock something here. Oh my God, yes. I, I hope that you do it because there's nothing like a dramatic, like, story that's being told through miniature like bears and dogs and cats in the form right? of calico critters. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, calico critters are just so cute, like yeah. just so precious and timeless. Mm-hmm. I, I love them. My very first job was at a toy store in my hometown and like all my girlfriends and I worked there together. It was like this teeny tiny toy store run by the sweetest family. And there was a whole calico critter section that I would just like always gravitate towards. Well, I have to tell you that one of the greatest regrets of my life was that I did not discover calico critters until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or something. Uh Way too late, way too late for my own kids. Certainly (laughs) much too late for me, but yeah. Calico Critters, like American Girl, is one of those things where I feel like I'm just like so close to just getting them anyway. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> right? Like, I, I didn't have them myself growing up. Like I, I discovered them, I guess, in high school at this mm-hmm. toy store. But I was really into, um, what is it called? Littlest Pet Shop, My Littlest Pet Shop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like those yes. little, which are like the plastic, like commercial version of mm-hmm. Calico Critters, like yeah. not as special. Right. Still yeah. Cute, right. But right. one of the best things about Calico Critters is like their little velvet bodies. Oh, right. so cute. And so of cute. course, they're Calico clothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. My oh my God. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll link the account in the, the notes for this episode. I think it's definitely yes. worth checking yeah. out. It's very funny. It's like mm-hmm. so funny. The scenarios are a little. I don't know, rated PG 13, maybe, but, but they're maybe. hilarious. They're so, so funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to check that out. <laughs> right. So Robin, you mentioned that you were into dolls growing up. Would you yes. be able to tell us a little bit more about your experience? Like what dolls you had, who you, I had, a, you know, because, and because I had two sisters, there was a vast array of dolls. We had a room in, in the house that we grew up in. We had a room that was um, just full of toys. And it was like our little playroom. We had, I remember one doll in particular was called Tubsy. And she was a doll that you could give a bath to. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) her hair, once she had had the bath, was very much like, you know, when you took the braid out of the host Venus hair. And it was, (laughs) it's a little bit of a letdown afterwards, right? (laughs) Then I was also into, um, you know, all things Barbie. Mm-hmm. And I had the Barbie's Beauty Center, which was just the head of Barbie, where you would oh. style the hair and all that stuff. That was a Christmas morning gift that I was so crazy about. However, in the flurry of cleanup on Christmas morning of all the wrapping paper, Barbie Beauty Center lost the false eyelashes. And it was a, a letdown forever after for me. Oh, my goodness. The, the false eyelashes were missing. Something was desperately wrong there. Now, had I known it at the time, I should have just said to my mother, so buy her a pair of false eyelashes. Like that would have meant, I I had no idea that they were in any way available anywhere. So no, she just went without, went without was, and it was a huge blow to me. Oh my goodness. That's a cool accessory to have for that. I didn't realize they would come with lashes. lashes. Were they like similar to like the ones we have? Yes. 
like yeah. now that you would put on yourself. Absolutely. Whoa. Yeah. Just like that. And you could, you know, the head was about the size of a real person's <laughs> head. So the, the, the false eyelashes at CVS would have worked great. <laughs> would you glue them on or like how were they? Magnetic? It was a little, yeah, there was a little adhesive that went there and they just stuck right on. Wow. Barbie. Yeah. Barbie. She was happening. And she had a ponytail. This particular version of the Barbie head had a ponytail that came up from the crown of her head. And so you could tuck it, you could pull it in with like a cord so that she would have like a bob, but then you could pull it out and have her have long hair. And, you know, there were rollers on it. It was quite a, it was quite an elaborate setup. That sounds like what? fun. I want that now to practice serious yeah. hairstyles. On. It was also because hair was a big, you know, I grew up in the big hair eighties. So hair was a big thing. And another doll that was quite popular was Tiffany Taylor. And her thing was the top of her head would rotate and she had blonde hair on one side. And then you could flip the head around and she had dark hair with bangs on the other side so wow, wow. Yeah, you could do a lot with that mm-hmm. <laughs> Tiffany Taylor Tiffany Taylor right it was a whole song that went with her and everything yeah that's wow so cool yeah. wow mm-hmm. that sounds amazing yeah what about like doll houses and things like that did you and your sisters ever play with like a doll house together yes one year for Christmas we got the Barbie's um townhouse that was one of our gifts. So it was fabulous. We had the, we had the time. We, I mean, I have to say we had a lot of toys. We had that. We had the Barbie's friendship, which was the airplane that Barbie had. Oh my God. I've seen that on TikTok. That was incredible. Yeah. It was something. (laughs) Yeah. We had Barbie's camper, Barbie's car. And we used to play with all that stuff. Most of the time was spent on um, what I would call the setup of it, you know, planning the premise of what the play was going to consist of and setting Mm. it all up accordingly where, okay, so here's, we're going to set up the little shopping area over here where they're going to go and they're going to take the car and go from the house over to the plane and they're going to fly here. The actual playing with it was much less time in my recollection. There was a lot of time just spent on the setup. That was very enjoyable, hanging up all their clothes and, you know, just setting everything up just right and planning their outfits. There was another set of dolls um, that I don't think they have anymore, but they were called Dawn Dolls and D-A-W-N. They were um, sort of just a small version of Barbie. So I don't know how tall Barbie is, like maybe 10 inches tall. Dawn was probably five inches tall and had the same type of clothes and whatever. And we had a lot of those and a lot of clothes and accessories and whatever. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that is fun. Yeah. That is so fun. I mean, something we've talked about a lot with past guests too. And I think it depends on, you know, what kind of play you like to engage with as a kid. But with American Girls specifically, we've talked about how getting them into their outfits and mm-hmm. like set up and sort oh. of figuring out like what they're going to be doing mm-hmm. was almost like more fun than actually playing with them. Right. 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 Well, I think so much of the American girl, um, the, the charm of those dolls and the attraction to them was their backstory, you know, and mm-hmm. what the, for the historical dolls anyway, you know, what they came from. And as someone who just said that I liked playing with toys, right. I just <laughs> <laughs> Knowing the backstory was, I just thought half the fun of the whole right. thing. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, not to shift focus to me, but um, I do want to get your perspective and we're going to ask Lindsay's mom this too about her because I think it's something we don't really talk about a lot, but I would love for you to sort of describe what I was like growing up because I I have one perspective of what I was like growing up, but I think it's, it's different because of reasons Lindsay mentioned before, like a lot of our memories are going to be not as clear because we were so young and Mm -hmm. yeah, just a little bit about how I was growing up. Okay. So Laura was just the best baby, just sweet and um, 
so easygoing, always laughing and happy. I remember there was a picture that we had of Laura in a little, you know, a little car seat getting ready to go out. So she had all bundled up with like a blanket over her lap and everything, but she was just so full of glee that like her arms and legs were sticking out straight. She was just, you know, (laughs) I remember my sister Sue's looking and going, oh, that just, that's just everything. That picture is everything that Laura represents to me. So she was very (laughs) gleeful. She was also a wonderful big sister. Laura is four and a half years older than her brother. So when he was born, we were kind of like, oh, how is this going to be? You know, she's been the only one for so long. And what's it going to be like? Oh, my gosh, she could not get enough of him. Uh, Loved him from the minute he came to the door. Couldn't wait to hold him to. I would go to pick her up at her preschool. And of course, I had to bring the baby, you know, with me. And when I get to the door, it would just be, she would just turn to all her friends and go, look, everyone, my brother is here. And just be so excited to see him. So she was always hugging him, kissing him to the point where um, I think Tommy's, some of Tommy's first words were too much kisses. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. But he was crazy about him, loved playing with him, doted on him. Laura is also a big fan of justice. And did not like it when anything was unfair. If she felt there were um, kids not being treated right at school in any you know way, the kids weren't allowing other kids to play. Whatever Laura took a big stance on that. And my dad still talks about that today. Wow, yeah. Laura, that's yeah. a side of you that I don't think we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I think it's just like hard to like know these things about yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I definitely think I still have a very strong sense of justice. Like when we've, sure. talked, when we've talked about like work related things. Yes. I'm sure that's where it comes <laughs> out today. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that that some of that stuff still stands. And what Laura if- was definitely a girly girl. Um, some of that was probably due to my influence. I, I really wasn't going to have it any other way, to be honest with you. <laughs> but she did do some things that were, um, it, you did Taekwondo, Laura. That was sort of mm-hmm. dad's thing that he did with you. Mm-hmm. And um, she was adorable in her little outfit, you know, <laughs> at four years old doing that. Um, but I think she had an affinity sort of for, you know, like the clothes and dolls and all that stuff that dance and theater and things so yeah yeah I I would definitely say I I was a girly girl and like maybe less of a girly girl to this day in the same way I was when I was a kid but like still like I think when I was a kid like I really loved like girly rituals like putting on makeup Mm -hmm. doing hair like all that stuff I really still like to this day picking out an outfit Mm -hmm. carrying a purse like those were yeah Laura to be fair we went the sports route remember when you played soccer it was a lot of time spent on the sidelines braiding other girls hair (laughs) I just like I think I wanted to like try those things because like other kids did them but I think like the as soon as I realized like that wasn't for me it was so freeing like that I didn't have to like try to do that anymore because like that was just never going to be my thing right but like you know I loved like dance and theater like those were really my thing and I think like the way that I played with toys as a kid like very much like wanted to play with them correctly as well and like set up the story like is sort of why I went into those kind of like Mm -hmm. theatrical hobbies later on um right but yeah I love I love those descriptions of me I sound great (laughs) (laughs) we thought you are we still think you're great (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness I love that's such like a cool you know thing to connect on today I really I, I mean, everything aligns. Laura, you are fantastic. And <laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. It, it makes sense that you were like that growing up. Um, <laughs> but shifting over to American Girls specifically, yes. Robin, when and how did you first hear about American Girl and what was that like for you? 
Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I, Laura's first American Girl doll was a gift from her grandparents, but I think I already knew about them before she received that gift. I think Mm -hmm. um, my friend, a dear childhood friend who, you know, we went to school together and everything, and as we got older, we got married. We we lived in the same town. Her name is Cheryl Accardi. You've had her daughter as a guest on the show, Chrissy. <laughs> um, Cheryl and I were, you know, moms at the same time, but her daughter Kelly was a little bit older than Laura. And I mm-hmm. think Kelly had an American Girl doll or got one for a holiday gift or something. And that was my first um, exposure to that. And Cheryl was so talented at... Um, all the, you know, she did a lot of crafty things and she would, I think she made bunk beds for those dolls and really got into all the places where you could source things that were, you know, because let's face it, ladies, the American Girl doll um, collection was not an um, inexpensive hobby. (laughs) No. (laughs) um, Once you had the dolls, there were places in and around where we lived where you could get some of the clothing and things like that, particularly for the, um, what are the more modern one, the girl of today or whatever they mm-hmm. were called at the time mm-hmm. for those um, dolls, you could find things like that at different little flea markets and things around here. So there were people who made uh, sort of, you know, off-brand things that you could purchase. So she was right. a great source of info for all that stuff. Cause she had the older daughter. Yeah. I love that. Do you remember how, like in the process of me getting my first doll from Nana and Papa, mm-hmm. but really Nana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you? Do I don't you, think Papa was combing the catalog looking for the ideal <laughs> doll for you. Yeah, like he wasn't saying like I really feel like Laura's a Samantha, but right, exactly, right. <laughs> but I am curious to know if like Nana came to you like and was like I we want to get this for her. I don't remember if it was for my birthday or what the occasion was. To me, it feels totally random. Like, I don't remember a holiday associated with it. I don't remember how old I was. I think I was probably maybe in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just am curious about like, if that was like a discussion before, if you guys decided like together, what doll or they decided- I think Nana had showed me the catalog and she had a friend at her office who had a daughter who was maybe, I don't know, eight or 10 um, at the time. And she had an American Girl doll and Nana had the catalog and she was kind of, she was just thought that, you know, Nana loved history and she was so um, into that. She just thought this would be a nice learning experience in combination with a doll that you could play with. So um, she, I remember her saying though, that she thought the doll looked like you, you know, so she thought that's the one that, that she would get. So, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, cute. Samantha. <laughs> and I think that one was the perfect one for you. I agree a hundred percent. I think that, um, I always say I'm a Samantha son, Josefina moon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if American girls are horoscopes, but yeah, I think that that was the perfect doll for me to start out with because she's very relatable. I think she has like the most, her clothing and accessories are like the most that I think like a little girl just starting to play with dolls um, in that way would like. And then Um, once you're sort of exposed to the collection and you're, um, you know, I think you're more open to then exploring some of the other dolls and their backstories and learning all about that. I just loved the books. I just thought that was, you know, a great, connection to have I mean Barbie was good but and I know Laura dad read you some Barbie um stories with his own unique twist on them with voices with voices (laughs) that is amazing it was pretty funny but um those books I loved I you know the Anne of Green Gables books or the Little House on the Prairie books those Mm -hmm. series I loved as a kid and I felt like these were, um, you know, sort of taking that to another level too. And I, I just felt like they had value. So 
Right. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I, I'm just so like blown away and fascinated right now with so much of like the backstory and context for Laura getting her, her first stall. This is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Cause it's like, I don't remember any of this stuff. I only remember like how I felt like getting yeah. the doll, like so excited, but I don't remember. I didn't, rem- you know, it's nice to know like about what the thought that was put into it and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Right. And then I do remember, you know, when the catalogs would arrive because then we were on the catalog list. Oh and yeah. Of course, <laughs> back in the day, it was, the catalog was how you ordered everything and how you, um, you know, there was no internet to, to get the, scoop on what was available. So when that came in the mail, that was mighty exciting. Day. <laughs> right? I remember laying on your bed with you going through page by page of all the different things and folding over the page of things you liked. And, oh I my know. Goodness. and that's, that's like half the fun. It, yes, absolutely. Robin, you just talked about the books briefly and the catalog sitting with Laura on her bed, flipping through it. But what were some of your favorite aspects of the American girl universe? Well, I think I loved that it encouraged Laura and young girls to use their imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, You had a great source of historical information in the books and then you could sort of run with that when you were playing with the dolls and use that to, you know, sort of build more into your sort of imaginative playtime. And I remember Laura playing with those dolls with friends. I felt like they were also a way to, um, you know, bring the girls together to mm-hmm. have, you know, Laura had a brother. She didn't have any sisters. So it was a nice connection with other girls. I felt like that was a, a positive thing. Um, there was a camp that Laura did in our town at the Historical Society, actually, that we had, um, you know, really high hopes for that was going to be <laughs> very, <laughs> it sounded like it was very American Girl doll focused. I don't think it quite was as much like that when Laura got there. Um, but I think that the opportunity to learn things about the different historical periods in the books and to be exposed to other cultures. And, you know, particularly, I remember Laura had Josefina and Josefina had, um, it was like a cookbook or something, wasn't it, Laura? Yeah. That went with that different recipes in there for things that, you know, we wouldn't normally know about or make that we were Mm -hmm. I love to cook so that was something that you know we made a couple of recipes out of that we also made things out of there was a Samantha was it a cookbook Laura I think that was a I think it was a a similar book book, but it was a craft book okay but we also had that ice cream maker that made like a teaspoon and a half of ice cream (laughs) yeah yeah yes one of the little accoutrements that you could get to go with um, (laughs) with Samantha but I just felt like the world it it made the world seem wide yes. to a girl growing up in you know whatever time and place you're growing up in. It widened your exposure to the world at large. So I thought that was, or at least America at large. So that sort yeah. of thought that was said. a very positive thing. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that. American Girl was so unique um, Mm -hmm. and you just don't get the same context when playing with like Barbies or another doll or even like reading other children's books like you just don't the thing that we always talk about with American Girl is that it it didn't really seem like it was speaking down to Mm -hmm. girls of a certain age like they you know, definitely made it very accessible and easy to understand Mm -hmm. the history portion, but like, it didn't feel like they were um, overly romanticizing or like pandering to their Mm -hmm. age group. It, it felt like very mature. Yeah. Yeah. um, Which I liked, Mm -hmm. but like out of all the things, like all the ways that you can engage with American girl as a mom, like, you know, there's buying, the clothes for the dolls and like seeing their outfits there's 
um, reading the books. There's going through the catalog. There's also the magazine. I don't know if you remember the magazine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Was there one of those ways of engaging with American Girl that you loved the most like was the books the best part uh was I mean for me like the outfits were definitely like tied with the books for for what I liked the most yeah I would say the books and then the memories of sort of you know like snuggling up with you in bed going through the catalog with you know the doll that you had or dolls that you had at the time and just you know browsing through with you and looking at all those things those are just some nice cozy nice memories yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely we we've talked about how the catalog was so good about at like making these vignettes of like how to set a scene Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And they just really like, especially on those two page spreads that they would have for like a big uh, collection, like a birthday collection would be so cool to look Mm -hmm. at, like, because they just every touch point was like so well thought out and attention to detail. And like, you know, like Samantha's ice cream maker, some of the accessories really were functional for no reason, but they they had to make sure that they were. And then um, some of those vignettes, you know, you wanted to bring to life, for example, I believe one year, I can't remember if it was Christmas or your birthday, we did get, um, was it Kaya's, the, the teepee? Yes, yes. Dad yep. put in some long, hard hours. The teepee <laughs> was actually, um, I think, historically correct. And it was, you had to construct it with a very large number of, I don't, what, I don't what, you know what you call them, like sticks or something that, that yes. and then you mounted like this, you know, sort of canvas piece on top of it or whatever. And yeah, poor dad, that was a lot. It nearly broke him. And yes, of course, and of course like I'm <laughs> like, dad, why is this taking so long? Right, like, exactly. Uh, because once you get it, you want to play with it in right. two minutes. And this was like an hours long process. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, highest TP. I think we still have it in the end. Well, I know we found like some of the sticks that went with it, yes. at least. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. <laughs> but going back to the books, because I think that the books, you know, were just so special. And like you were saying, very much uh, in the same world as like an Anne of Green Gables or uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were your favorite books to read? I think the sort of initial ones on each girl, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of introduced them to, the, and what do they call this? Mm-hmm. Like Samantha's story or. Um, meet, yeah. meet Samantha. Meet meet, Sam- yes. yes. Yeah. I liked yeah. the meet books that sort of, um, you know, set the stage for who the girls were and gave you all the information on them. And I remember going to the Haverhill Public Library and a lot of those books would be out, of course, because, but sometimes you went in and hit the jackpot. Just the next one in the series that you wanted was there. Uh, The (laughs) one that you were missing was there. So that was a lot of fun. Now that said, looking at it, however many years later, 30 something years later or whatever, I do recognize now that the books were, I think, valuable, particularly because they were told from a girl's perspective. You know, it was the world according to girls. And mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot out there like that at the time. A lot of the more, you know, I remember reading adventure books with Tommy. They seemed to be, you know, a dime a dozen, sort of like the Treasure Island and classic books like that, that, that he enjoyed that for things for girls, I felt like they did a good job doing things from a girl's point of view, but they were also um, true to the time period that they were describing. And for some, well, I was going to say for some of them, really for all of them, there were limitations on the characters and what they Mm -hmm. could aspire to achieve, accomplish, you know, Mm -hmm. because of being female at the time. So I guess looking back on them now, I might've said more about a girl today can have so many more options available. And there are so many more choices that you are free to make today that these girls weren't in their time period. Right. 
Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely an important thing that you just touched upon for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and something that I, I mean, I, that didn't register with me initially when I was reading them and I'm curious to hear what my mom says about that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the books address really hard topics. Yes. Um, what was that like for you kind of approaching that with Laura? You know, I think that was a positive thing. I, Mm -hmm. I know some of the things were difficult, um, you know, uh, topics like grief. Um, Laura had a grandmother pass away, um, Mm -hmm. right around the time that she got her first doll, I think. So that was something that I felt the difficult issues were tackled in a sensitive way that was probably more helpful to opening up further conversations with, you know, parents and children as you're reading the books and you talk about, you know, well, did you feel this way? Is this something that you've experienced? I I thought it was well done. Let's put it that way on the sensitive Mm topics. Absolutely. And things like, um, you know, Addie's books that Mm -hmm. addressed the whole issue of slavery. I mean, and, um, Laura was very sensitive as a kid. And (laughs) one day she was watching, I was making dinner and I put her in the den watching Heidi, the movie with Shirley Temple Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh my God, well, this is look at that. We had just gotten the video out of the library. She had never seen it before. This will keep her interested. This is a harmless, you know, show for her to be watching. I came back in like 20 minutes later and she was in front of the TV sobbing, (gasps) sobbing her eyes out. And I was saying, oh my God, I thought she got hurt. What's the matter? What happened? What did you do? And she went, is she ever going to get to go back to her grandfather? And I was like, so I immediately gave it away and went, yes, yes, she is. She's going to get to go back with her grandfather. So Laura was very sensitive. And I think that um, the way the stories handled presenting issues to you that you might not have learned about yet in school. I mean, Laura was pretty young. Mm-hmm. I don't think she had a concept of slavery and what that meant and, you know, what that represented, you know, how human beings were being treated like that. I think they opened the door to that in a, in a way that, how can I describe it? That your mind was open and it made you question things mm-hmm. and it made you, it led you to, maybe not take everything that you see in some of the other books. So because there was, is it Felicity? That's the um, colonial. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think they had servants in their house and whatever, you know, to kind of look at that from different perspectives. So it was uh, sort of a, again, mind broadening. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that also it's like those books being from like a historical context and you learn about history in school. Like if we're going to use Felicity as an example, mm-hmm. um, you learn about like colonial America pretty early on in school, but not yeah. from, you would never learn about it from like the perspective of like a 10 year old girl. Absolutely. Right. So I think it it was a very unique opportunity to engage with history in a way where um, you're definitely not going to be taught that in school or Agreed. like probably at any point in your life, like you're not going to be giving, getting like such a personal depiction of what that time period was like, like you are looking at it in a very broad scope. So yeah. um, right. I, def- I definitely appreciated that definitely now as an adult more than um more than ever but right yeah right well I think it's much easier to be able to put yourself in the shoes of one of these girls when you're reading these books than it is to read in a history book you know what George Washington did right right absolutely do you think we still have any of the books, Mom? Have you? Found I don't know, them? Laura, but when you arrive here this summer, we can <laughs> comb the attic. We can comb the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Attics to. are truly the best place. Like you never know what you're gonna find up there. <laughs> truly, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I found a Live Aid t-shirt the last time I was up there. Wow. Yeah, from 1983 yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a joke with my parents now. Every time I go to Connecticut, they're like, oh, are you going into the attic? Like it's <laughs> just like the joy in my life to be right. there. Yeah. There she goes. Lindsay's yeah. going right up there. Right. Right. Probably your brothers aren't doing that when they visit Lindsay. No, <laughs> definitely not. I like saved everything from like age 12 onwards. Like any, I shouldn't even say this because my mom's listening, but I'm like, like whatever, every like note that I've ever received in mm-hmm. high school, like any invitation, like mm-hmm. absolutely everything, like yeah. every disposable camera photo, like it's all up there. It's, it's a, treasure a treasure trove, trove. a treasure yeah. trove. Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh my oh goodness. My God. Mom, please don't look at my stuff in the attic. <laughs> I, know. I love, I just love like going through stuff. Like right? honestly, like I love going through old stuff and finding things like my grandfather has a house that has basically been untouched by any organizational forces for years. And like, I know that there's just like so many like cool things. Like I I always tell, like talk to my cousins and my brother about this, but like the thing you do when you go to Papa's house is you just open the drawers and you start looking through them. That's what you do (laughs) because, because like there's so many like things that have just been like untouched for so long that like you can really find cool stuff. Um, It's so fun. Fabulous photos. Right. Exactly. I can't. So fun. I can't wait to get up to our attic though. I'll be (laughs) going right up there when I get home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To talk a little bit more about a different set of books. I think Laura, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about other AG collection books and hear it straight from the source. Robin, we would love to hear your perspective um, on the care and keeping of you. And if you have any memory of giving Laura this book. Again, that I believe that I found out about that book from my friend Cheryl. And she had given it to her daughters. And I said, oh my gosh, this is a great, it really tackled a lot of topics, again, in a very mature, but sensitive way. I thought they did a great job. I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah. The Mm. care and keeping, if you forgot all about it. My (laughs) recollection of getting that book was that like you had maybe even been on a girl's trip with Cheryl Mm -hmm. somewhere. I want to say, I remember you guys coming back from, or maybe it wasn't even like a girl's trip, but like an, I mean, it could have been Brimfield. Yeah, like an outing outing of some kind where you where you brought that back. One of our many lunches. I don't know. Yeah, no, something something like that because I feel like Chrissy was at our house, our house. Yeah, maybe being watched by like dad and Mm -hmm. or something. But yes, I I remember you you giving me that book, and I feel like I definitely remember Cheryl being like there or like you saying that she got it for Kelly and Chrissy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I don't really think we like, thank God, didn't go through it together. No, I don't remember going through it together. I feel like you just sort of like gave it to me and Mm -hmm. it's like, do your thing. Right. When you're ready. (laughs) When you're ready, have a browse. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then we had Claire, my cousin on the podcast and Mm -hmm. she, I don't know. I don't remember this specifically because I think I would have already been moved out of the house, but she (laughs) believes that um, she was given my copy of that book by Auntie Susan. I think I did give that to Auntie Susan to give to Claire. Yes. Yeah. By then you were done with it. Yes. (laughs) I've seen everything I needed to see at (laughs) that point. Um, You've lived and learned. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But there was, there was so many books too, like other than the care and keeping of you. I think Lindsay had a lot more of these than I did, but there were those little like craft books that they also had sort of as part of their nonfiction series. Mm -hmm. I think I had a book that was all about like, like boys and like dating, Yeah, but not like dating, but like crushes and stuff like that. Wasn't there something on like party planning or something like that? Yes. Yes. With themes, you know, I love Uh, themes. Yes. Same, Robin. Same. Yes. Love theme. <laughs> yes. I 
I never had that book. I know it is in existence and that is something I would love to track down. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I ended up buying a lot of old issues of the magazine off of eBay recently. And there are a couple party pages in there. And it's like, I could remember all of these so clearly and, oh my goodness, they're so fun to look at. So a whole book of it would be such a joy. Right. Still so appealing today. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They, they should make that for adults. If they made a book for adults, that was like, here's some fun themes you could do for a party and how to execute them. I would absolutely read that. I I think that's a garden cookbook. Yes. (laughs) That's a party. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Our last question Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we talked a little bit about your experience with dolls and then your experience with American Girl as an adult. But if you were transported into a universe where you could have an American Girl doll as a kid Mm -hmm. and also maybe some accessories from the catalog that you had your eye on, what are some items and what doll and the items can be from a different collection than the doll. We recognize that there's, you know, a lot of nuance there Um, (laughs) for what people like, but is there a doll that you feel strongly like in hindsight that you would have liked to have as a kid and maybe like also some accessories that you saw in the catalog that you would have liked to have? Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like as a kid, I would have been a sucker for Samantha and all Mm -hmm. her, you know, how about Samantha's bed? I mean, uh, yeah. bed. that yeah. brass bed, but I there can't... was also, um, there's a doll that had the, um, sort of canopy style bed too. Felicity. Felicity. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Although I didn't love the, um, the fabric or the pattern of that, like the idea of <laughs> we, bed, we but... said that exact thing. We said like, <laughs> what if it was just in a less abrasive color? Right. right? right. Truly. And we saw that, um, Felicity's friend, Elizabeth had, um, uh, interchangeable curtains for the bed that were this lovely blue Yes, that, right. oh my goodness. Right. Doesn't like, that speak to you a little bit so more? Yeah. Truly mm-hmm. so much more appealing. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I guess I loved all the historical dolls. And I think as I got older, you know, I was a Spanish major in college. I think I, I was attracted to the, um, Josefina, stuff. And I was glad that you wanted that one because I just felt like that was a whole interesting culture and everything to, to learn about. Um, so those would probably be the two, um, some of the little accoutrements, the, you know, the ice cream maker, if it made, if they only made one that made like, you know, how about a half pint, how about <laughs> a half pint of ice cream? That would yeah. Wait, how much ice cream are we talking about here? Like we're talking about approximately one tablespoon. That's what you, that's what you came out for that. Yes. I mean, Lindsay, it was, it was this big. It was tiny. It was tiny. But the idea that, but it did, the idea that it would actually work was pretty amazing. I guess. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly how it functioned. I think it had to do with salt. But anyway, um, (laughs) there was that, there was, um, the beds were really like, it was the furnishings not uh, some of the outfits were beautiful there was the one that samantha had that had the muff the, oh the, yeah the winter uh, outfit yeah yes yeah. yeah so when i was a little girl i had a white muff mm-hmm. so that sort of reminded Ooh. me of that loved that outfit um there were some others of the kirsten's things that i thought were just very pretty i think she did she have a blue bed Yes. yes. Like a beautiful yeah. painted wooden bed. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole style element, whatever, what I really would have loved would have been to have like a room that had like a little section for each one of them. So you could set up the doll in their little surroundings with totally. all the accoutrements to go with them and just have like a little section for each one. I thought that would have been great. That would have been, you know, playing with them right. No, right. I mean, it, it sounds like it sounds like you need to go to the American Girl store. If, it do, you know, like. I listened to the episode where you girls went and I have to tell you, I was a little jealous. Not so much of the luncheon fair, which no. sounded, you know, <laughs> I could have taken or left that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend eating before you go to the American there Girl Cafe. Really. There you go. Uh, great um, advice. <laughs> but yes, I can totally, I can totally see you having 
Samantha mom and all the accessories that go yeah. with her but yeah. I could also definitely see you being into Josefina. Josefina had a great outfit too that was the one with the mantilla. Yeah oh, yes. I think that maybe that was a Christmas outfit. Yes it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that one but I, I definitely know. coveted it. Mm-hmm. Robin you are just like a girl after her own heart like you are <laughs> truly naming all the classics here. <laughs> fully <Yeah>. aligned. <laughs> you know mom what you didn't ever bring up which I'm surprised by is Biddy Baby. Oh Biddy Baby. Well you know I work with a woman at my office now, Beth, who says those Biddy Babies, I think they're full of crack. Once you hold them, <laughs> you can't put them down. They're just there was something about them. They were unlike any other doll that yes. you would have. But and you would yeah. have other baby dolls certainly. Mm-hmm. Remember Baby Victoria? Yes. Like there were all these other, a doll that looks the wheel <laughs> that the first day we got her, my husband came in and saw her in the bed and thought we had another baby. It was, oh my God. <laughs> but the feel of real. those dolls was wow. just so, they were just so real. Totally. And the outfits were so, I, I feel like the bitty baby outfits were very realistic to a real baby. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They weren't like, over the top, like silly or like the material right. was like, you could put a real baby in those outfits. Right. And I, right. I think we still have a bitty baby or maybe the twins. We have the bitty twins, which yes. like, I'm glad we have, glad we found them, but yeah. I would love to find bitty baby. <laughs> yeah. Bitty baby. How about bitty bear? Okay. Uh, we love bitty bear. Bitty bear. Yeah. bitty bear was so cute. And you know, yeah. they don't sell bitty bear with the bitty baby anymore. It's oh, like, that's too bad. A different stuffed animal. That's not as cute. Oh, um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, because you know, the, the little story that would come with a new bitty baby outfit was about bitty bear. Mm-hmm. Right. And every outfit came with like a little miniature outfit for bitty right. bear. Right. Right. So that was, that was pretty cute. Do you remember if my Biddy Baby had a name? I don't remember you having a name. I think either. it was just called Biddy Baby. I don't remember either, but that seems unlike me that I wouldn't. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good question, Laura. <laughs> I know. And same with my American Girl of today, which was the third yeah. American Girl doll that I received for Christmas when I was in the third grade. I yeah. don't re- recall that she had a name either, which again, seems unlike me. The only thing I can think of is at that point I had gotten to an age where I was like trying out different names. So mm-hmm. like it could be that they, that I was switching between right. a few Right. But yeah, I, I would love to know like what some of those names were that right. I was, that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, perhaps we'll find a notebook full of name suggestions up in the attic. That right? is exactly the type of thing I would, I was putting in a notebook. At Absolutely. Page. page after page. Just names. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have um, an American girl book called pages and pockets where it does have like a, it, it's kind of like a diary it would um, kind of give you prompts to fill out on like certain aspects of your life. And there's a whole section of listing your favorite names. Oh yeah. See, and that is just, so fun to look at. They Thank just you. had their fingers <laughs> on the heartstrings of girls. They right? really did. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get into our game, Lindsay? Let's do it. All right, Robin. So this is a game that we are kind of testing out here on AGW, but so excited to hear from you. Um, you'll have to go back into your mind about all the historic characters mm-hmm. and their backstories and bring yourself to present day with it. What two American girl historic characters would you want to have dinner with? So they would be interacting with each other, with you. Oh my Who goodness. Could it be? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Well, I mean, you could have tea with Grand Mary and um, and Samantha and have a good chat. Ooh. And maybe, um, what was the name of Samantha's friend? That Nellie. Was it Nellie? Yep. That, that um, worked in the factory? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that would be an interesting, that, I know that's three and I'm all, was I only supposed to pick two? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would be interesting to have Nellie have an opportunity to tell more of her story herself. Yes. You know? Oh my goodness. Yeah, Absolutely. To hear from Nellie directly. Because some yeah. of the sub characters, um, 
you know, could have had their own books really and been their own, you know, and maybe American Girl Doll has done more of that going forward. I don't know, but um, some of those sub characters had a good storyline that I think would have been interesting to pursue. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we talked about a little bit with Chrissy uh, when we Mm -hmm. were chatting with her was how um, sometimes the, the sub characters are experiencing like the most authentic like in terms of historical context but Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily get a full picture because they are supporting characters rather than main characters right Mm -hmm. right but I think it would be very interesting I would think it would be interesting to chat with Grand Mary about Mm -hmm. um like woman's rights because I recall in the books that she kind of like is very old fashioned, but comes around on yes. like some of these new right. ideas. She experienced some growth, right. I believe, in the in the course of the story. So wasn't yep. she very against it at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. she sort of turned around. And then why don't we throw in Uncle Guard? Because you know, uh, yes. he seems like he was a looker. <laughs> uh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Right. We <laughs> definitely agree with that. Right. Like, <laughs> like my answer is just me and Uncle Guard, and no one else. <laughs> 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 oh, that was too funny. oh my goodness oh, oh my gosh so much fun robin you are truly a dream guest and this was such a great conversation thank you so much for having me this was delightful i have so enjoyed this podcast listening to you young ladies with this has been a pleasure and it's a delight to be on your your program <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And now please let everyone know where they could find you. Well, as I had to check in with Laura when we were discussing this earlier, because I was like, what is what is my Instagram thing again? It's at Treader Robin on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on mom and stay tuned for our next episode, which will feature Lindsay's mom. We're so I excited. can't wait. Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.